0: Hello everyone, and welcome to St John's Southbourne. Hope you are all safe and well. Please do get in touch, we would
1: love to hear from you. Today's reading is taken from Acts chapter 5 verses
2: 1 to 11. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, this is the price. Peter said, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these
1: events.
0: Good morning and thank you, Tina, for the reading. Quite a shocking one. However, it has that air of authenticity. The history of the early church is told by Luke, warts and all. This reminds me of the story of Oliver Cromwell, who got the court painter to paint his portrait. Now, Cromwell, as it was said ironically, was no oil painting. So, fearing the wrath of this man, the artist omitted his disfiguring warts. When Cromwell saw the portrait, he said, take it away and paint me warts and all. And this is where we get the saying. Similarly, Luke presents his account of the early church, warts and all. This passage nestles between the very start of a Jewish sect where the disciples were set on fire by the Holy Spirit, which attracted rapid growth and the start of persecution. Understandably, Satan was using many wiles to stop this movement in the bud. Firstly, there was opposition from the establishment, where Christianity starts to break away from the established Jewish faith. In the following chapters we will see persecution which heralds opposition from outside. Whereas this passage gives an account of opposition from within. So let us turn to this passage and see if we can make sense of what is happening here. For me there are a few things that help me to come to terms with the shock of such rapid divine judgement. These are God's holiness, God's omnipresence, that is, he's everywhere, and the church's call to holiness, and what that means to us today. Firstly, God's holiness. As we have seen, the church is being established from humble beginnings. I am reminded about the allegorical story of Jesus returning to heaven after the ascension and Gabriel meeting him. Gabriel says, so what is your plan? How is the gospel to be spread? Did you leave a strong organisation on earth with well-defined plans? No, answered Jesus. I left no organisation, only a small company of disciples. Mostly of very humble birth. They are to tell the world. In today's world, there would be vision and mission statements, strap lines and sound bites. But suppose they fail you, persisted Gabriel. What plan have you then? I have no other, replied our Saviour. So I wonder if you've pondered just how our church worldwide started from such humble beginnings and what was achieved when people were prepared to follow God's calling. What is significant in this passage is the word church appears for the first time in verse 11. God in His holiness wanted a church to reflect His holiness So, given the holiness of God, it is understandable that he needed to ensure that the foundations were rock solid. So, let us examine the sin of Ananias and Sapphira. The disciples were not insisting on people selling all and giving up all the money. They volunteered this act of charity. The word used by Peter for kept for yourself means embezzle. They had decided to give the money to support the poor, but then probably when they saw a large pile of gleaming shekels they kept some back, but still wanted the kudos of appearing super generous. What was wrong was the deception that they were giving it all to God. Their motives, it would appear, was that they were hiding their lack of generosity and making themselves look super spiritual. Now I don't know about you, but I find this quite a challenge. This aspect is something for personal reflection, just between you and God. God says in 1 Peter chapter 1, but just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all you do for it is it is written be holy because I am holy The next point is God is omnipresent He is everywhere And I'm sure like me you have Psalm 139 as one of your favorites Let me quote Your right hand will hold me fast. There are two aspects to this. Firstly, unlike Ananias and Sapphira, you can't pull a fast one with God. If they truly knew God was watching, would they have committed that offence against his holiness? Not that it always works, but I found that find that being aware that God is observing you, helps you from concealing sin. I remember when my daughter was very young, she would close her eyes and do when she was doing something she knew was wrong, believing that we too wouldn't see it. There was a trend in recent years to put up a cardboard policeman in shops or by roads and it showed a measurable reduction in stealing or speeding. Hopefully we don't need any cardboard God to help us stick to the straight and narrow. We should be welcoming the Holy Spirit to take up residence in our hearts. But it's not all doom and gloom. We haven't got a holy killjoy. God watching over us is a positive thing. We should take comfort from that. Not even a single sparrow falls without our loving God knowing about it. So your circumstances are fully laid out before our Lord and God. Again the Bible says in Psalm 121. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going. Both now and and forevermore, especially in these challenging times, let us hold on to that promise. And finally, the challenge for us as a church is to maintain corporate integrity, this united holiness. Our aim together to maintain the holiness of of the church At the moment we are questioning how and what church should be when we can't meet, can't sing, can't share communion. We are being forced to consider church not as a building but as a community of believers united in the aim to worship the King of Kings and seek to establish his rightful throne here on earth. So in conclusion What is the take-home message of this passage? God desires a holy church. He knows when we are holding something back because he knows us better than we know ourselves. Or when we are about to do something we know he is wrong. Remember he is alongside you. But this is a blessing not a curse because his watchful eyes are there mainly to protect us from dangers outside, but also from ourselves. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you that you have searched us and know us. You know when we sit down and when we rise. You perceive our thoughts from afar. Yet you are a God who loves us so much that you sent your son to die for us. To bring us to that intimate relationship which establishes us as joint heirs to the kingdom. Help us to take you with us as we go about your business this week. That we might be aware of your presence and take comfort from your oversight and loving protection and lead us not into temptation. Amen.
1: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come together as church to intercede for the world you created and love. We acknowledge that we do not always speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Father, forgive us. Jesus, help us to resist the temptation to do what we think we can get away with. Holy Spirit, give us discernment to distinguish between falsehood and truth, right and wrong. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those who are standing up for the truth against the evils of corruption, slavery, and exploitation in our country and around the world. Give them wisdom and insight and protect them from those who will do anything to silence them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer we pray for those we know who are spreading your gospel truth in our area and from our church and for those further afield lord bless george as he goes to horsham s.j and bob in thaycom Callum and Rihanna in Belgium, Rachel and Eric in Uganda, Peter and Lena Wheatley in Canada as they discern their next steps, Michael and Kim as they work with Frontiers International Office to reach the Muslims, and for others on our hearts. Fill them with your power and love, so people will see you and be open to hear your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those working to bring peace in areas of conflict. And we thank you for the negotiations and agreements that are happening in Afghanistan, the Middle East and different parts of Africa. We pray that people will put what they say into practice and not just be trying to look good or further their own interests. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our government and health services and those around the world trying to control the pandemic give them wisdom and insight and give us all determination to conform to the regulations and not just do what we think we can get away with we pray for those in authority and for businesses as they deal with the effects of COVID and of Brexit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for family and friends who are unwell, grieving, or are in financial or relationship difficulties. We bring before you those known to us and we give you thanks for the healings that we have seen. Give us all faith to pray and to offer to pray for others, to trust that you hear our prayers. Father accept these prayers for the sake of your Son our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.